After an offseason of frustration and chaos, LaQuinn Allen makes his return to Syracuse football practices. We break that down on your Lockdown Syracuse Thursday episode. Plus, you're hearing some rumblings from preseason camp. You're starting to see people rise to the top. You're starting to see where some concerns might remain for this Syracuse football team. So I give you my general thoughts and concerns about Syracuse's offense. All that and more on your Lockdown Syracuse Thursday. Let's get right after it. You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? What's happening? Welcome into your Lockdown Syracuse Thursday episode. I'm Owen Valentine saying thank you so much for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. When you bet on Super Bowl winners, you can get bonus bets back every time they win in the regular season. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn for more with that. Owen Valentine and your Lockdown Syracuse Thursday. A uh, little lay of the land. Want to get ahead of things just so we're all on the same page. No episode yesterday on Wednesday. Uh, episode today, I will pre-record one for tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, uh, I take off to uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Going to have a little fun out there. Finish out the summer before we get back into the teaching swing. Uh, I will be flying back Monday, so most likely no Monday episode, and we will return for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of next week. If you got anything, suggestions, let me know, places to visit, things to do, uh, feel free in the comments here on YouTube or at LO underscore Syracuse. My first time out there, excited, going to see a concert, going to have some fun, going to mess around over there. So really excited. Uh, but a little lay of the land. So today, Thursday, tomorrow, there will be an episode on Friday. Most likely, no episode Monday, unless there is gigantic news over the weekend. I will hold out until Tuesday. But today, we got some fun news to talk about, right? This was the the story this offseason for Syracuse football. And it, it's the news surrounding Quint Allen, right? It was it was a weird offseason. It was a frustrating offseason. In that regard. And, you know, it was not necessarily Dino Babers at fault. It's not necessarily Syracuse football at fault at all. These are university decisions made from what I believe was a student run board or committee that ended up with this decision and and the details and the sort of timetable and all of the intricacies of it. They were funky from the start and it, it didn't always make sense. And in all honesty, it was. Really, really frustrating for me because you see an individual's career at stake here, right? This is a season of, you know, prominence. He is the starting running back, you know, in it potential and coming in with a lot of momentum given the bowl game success. Had a really good performance in the pinstripe bowl. Given the fact that even though as a backup, right, maybe you're not getting the same awareness from opposing defenses. LaQuint Allen averaged nearly seven yards a carry on the ground last season. 
and you put him behind the eight ball. You put him in a situation to fail, and you put him in a situation where you nearly ruined the kid's life, and I mean that genuinely. This decision could have ruined LaQuint Allen's life. Thankfully, they got it right in the end. They took a long route to getting there, right? No one in the Syracuse fan base was saying that LaQuint Allen should get off scot-free, right? We get it. Kid made a mistake, did something he shouldn't have, got himself into some business. Maybe he forced uh, a little bit. Who knows? In terms of escalating that situation, the return to the party, whatever you want to say in terms of the details of the situation that, you know, are still up in the air. And, you know, props to Syracuse.com and Emily Liker and all the people over there for their coverage of that and bringing that story to light when they did. But there's an airplane flying overhead right now, if you can hear that. What we see right now and what you are able to get out of this is, right, suspend him for the bowl game. Suspend him for a little bit of practice. Suspend him for one or two regular season games. All of these things make sense, right? As a kid, he got in a fight on campus. There was an issue. Suspend him for a game. No complaints. Makes sense. We get it. They botched. Thankfully, things were figured out. Uh, Public outcry you could throw in the mix. Uh, a lot of frustrations, a lot of a lot of verbal uh, in terms of radio, in terms of podcast coverage, in terms of written coverage, in terms of Twitter coverage. The voices were heard, uh, and thankfully the right decision was made. So LaQuint returns to practice. Uh, he was in front of media yesterday for the first time since last year, since this incident happened. Really, as, as many people pointed out, you know, as a backup running back, he's not being pulled for, for media ops every week. Uh, he's not really on the stand post-game uh, at the press conference. This was one of your first looks media-wise at a LaQuint Allen interview, right? This was not something that we see all the time. And so this was a lot of people's, myself included, this is the first time I've seen him speak live, uh, and in an interesting spot, right? It was, you know, obviously um, – you're avoiding questions on the situation, not something to be addressed, but just the conversations about their return to practice, their return to normalcy, their return to being a part of this running backs group, being able to get in the mix, uh, have some fun, grind with this team, uh, and grow in the three weeks, maybe even less at this point, that you have leading up to game one. The two weeks and change that you have before two Saturdays from now when you open your season against Colgate. They're behind the eight ball. He's behind the eight ball because of this. Get it in, focused, and I like that. And that seemed like the mentality. And he talked about the team welcoming him back with open arms, as they should, right? That's not a groundbreaking quote. That's not something that you should be ecstatic about. That's just the way it is, right? You got a teammate who was dealt a crappy hand. And you got to welcome them back in, right? That's that's not something that's, you know, applause worthy. That's just what you should do if you are a team, if you are the Ohana that Dino Babers preaches. Okay, right? This was a situation that, that could have really, really hindered Syracuse this season. And that's not to say that there aren't other running backs. We get it. Juwan Price, Ike Daniels, neither of them, uh, I don't think, 
have as much promise right now. That's not to say the future. Ike David or Ike Daniels, excuse me, um, was Syracuse's top running back recruit. Seems like he's got a lot of potential. I'm interested to see what happens with him in the future. I think he he can be a big time guy. But right now, LaQuint Allen is the answer. He is the answer at running back for Syracuse and the best option that they have there. And it's it's fun to see him back in there and getting back in the groove and being able to to mix it in with these guys who have been getting elevated reps, which I think can help Syracuse, honestly, uh, is, is the the increased reps, the, the, the reps with the ones and things like that for Price and Daniels. I think that can help Syracuse. And it seems like, and we'll talk about this in a little bit when we look at my thoughts and concerns about the football offense right now. They look like, and Dino Babers has mentioned, this is going to be a little bit more of a running back committee than you've seen in the past few seasons with Sean Tucker as your primary back. You're going to see a little bit more variety, a little bit more variation, and that's a good spot to break. We'll talk more about that on the other side. Uh, For right now, we're excited to have LaQuint back. Eyes will be on him, right? This is a little bit more of of an escalated um, or or sped up, uh, needs to be expedited. There's the word, return. and I. Trust that LaQuint will be able to pull that off, right? A guy that knows the program, knows the system, is uh, very familiar with, with a similar offense under an eye. You bring back in, making his tweaks. I expect this to be okay. But we're happy to see LaQuint back in action, taking some reps, doing his thing, uh, and getting Syracuse back to uh, the full-strength offense that you'd want to see them at, heading into a very important season for so many reasons. Quick break. Let's talk a little bit about our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. This is one of the coolest promos I've seen in a long time because right now when you bet on Super Bowl winners, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use these for the spread. You can use it for the player props, over-unders, and much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Throw it in the comments today if you're on YouTube. Who do you have as your preseason favorite to win the Super Bowl? If you like them, go to FanDuel, place a bet on them to win the Super Bowl, and get some free bonus bets every time they win. It's a win-win. Uh, If you think they're going to win already, sprinkle a little cash, get yourself some bonus bets. A lot of fun, courtesy of our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Owen Valentine here on your Lockdown Syracuse Thursday episode. Thank you, as always, for making us your first listen today and every day. Watch us on YouTube. Listen to us wherever you get your podcasts, however you do it. Greatly appreciated. Would also greatly appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button, turn notifications on, get instantly notified when I go live when the episodes air or release uh ratings things like that they go a long way if you got a minute you enjoy what you're listening to here i would greatly appreciate that but today we're talking syracuse football we're talking the offense a little bit more holistically than maybe we have we've we've talked about you know some individuals we talked about gadsden we talked about schrader on their own we talked about the quarterback room as a whole let's take a little bit more of a holistic look at the offense right now 
And I want to put my hand up. I, I try to be as transparent as I can, right? I'm not at preseason camp. I'm not at practice every day. I'm not seeing these, you know, media snaps and things like that any more than a, an avid Twitter viewer is. So I want to preface with that. If you, you're looking for that, um, please, there are a number of individuals that are there every day. Emily Liker, Mike McAllister, many, many other names. Okay. They're going to have those videos for you. They can give you maybe a little bit more insight, but I'm going to tell you my thoughts based on what I've read, based on what I've seen footage wise, based on comments, based on my personal understanding of what's going on right now. Uh, and just break down a few general thoughts and some concerns possibly about the offense for Syracuse football. And we'll start where we tease, right? This, this Dino Baber sort of hinted at more so running back committee. And I, I think that's something that can be of great value for Syracuse. And you see it, you know, so much in the NFL, that, that, that multiple back scheme where you, you've got multiple options for different scenarios. And we don't necessarily know how versatile, well, we have an idea, but is LaQuint Allen a guy that you want to be the best option for every situation, early down? third down, third and long options, receiving options out of the backfield, uh, third and shorts, fourth and shorts, goal line situations. Is the Quint Allen the number one option in every single one of those situations right now? Maybe, but I think there's a far more likely chance that that might not be the case for every single scenario, situation, and scheme running back-wise for Syracuse football. And that's where, as we talked about a little bit, you look at the likes of Juwan Price, transfer from Mexico State. Uh, played sparingly last year, uh, played a lot more at New Mexico State. It's where you look at the likes of Ike Daniel. I like Ike, you like Ike, everybody likes Ike um, for president. Who knows? He's a question mark, true freshman. Uh, what does he have? A lot of potential, undoubtedly. But you look at these guys, and, and it seems like Dino wants to rotate things a little bit and, and mix things up. And I think that's something that can help Syracuse. right? You saw in, obviously, a smaller sample size last season, LaQuint Allen averaged nearly seven yards a carry. Big factor to that and, and things that can help. And it's you know the reason why you in the NFL can get you know standout quarterbacks and, and standout things. And it's you know, people claim that's why Geno Smith had a great year last year. That's why Brock Purdy is able to have a great year last year. That's why when you have an injury and a backup comes in and succeeds, there's lack of footage, lack of understanding of tendencies, lack of, um, you know, just an understanding of who you are as a player, what you like to do, where you can excel, and where you can be exploited. This is a year where LaQuint Allen's viewership the footage on him, the week leading up to games against Syracuse film focus, conversation focus is going to be heightened. And it's what allows someone like Price, someone like Daniels to maybe be able to slot in and have some success for four, five, six, seven or eight game or carries a game, things like that. You can do that and have success situationally uh, or maybe one of these guys is going to be a better receiving back option. And if you watch NFL football, if you're a fantasy fan, 
you know how valuable that receiving option is out of the backfield. It's one of the keys to the game lately uh, and, and being able to get uh, and have that as, you know, a late progression look and, and a check down option and things like that to be able to get five, six, seven yards uh, oftentimes when a play might not be perfect or, or you don't have that option one. And I, I think that I'm talking about the versatility and the options there leads me to my second point. And this is a concern that I had all of last year. And it is one of, in my mind, the biggest factors that I think can lead to Garrett Schrader's growth this season. We talk about it, right? Garrett Schrader is make or break for this team. Garrett Schrader is the reason why Syracuse will or will not make a bowl game. And I confidently say that. And I I don't think there are many who would disagree with that sentiment. That's not a hot take. I'm not breaking news here. But he has, as a third-year starter for Syracuse, albeit under three different offensive coordinators, he has to show the growth this season because his potential is there. And he is on watch lists. And he is a very, very phenomenal talent. And a quarterback that I think you're going to look back on very fondly for Syracuse football, especially in the recent, I don't know, 10 years, maybe plus. Right now, when I look at this and I look at this team and I look at Garrett Schrader, that big concern for me, and you saw it last season, and the case in point is against Notre Dame when the first play from scrimmage, Garrett Schrader's mind was made up that I'm throwing the football to a Rondé Gadsden. And what happened? Pick six. That is the difference I need to see. I understand Aranda Gadsden is the best receiving option Syracuse has had in some time. Versatile, can do a lot. They want to use him. They mix him up. They are trying to use him more, and we'll talk about that next. But you, as a fifth-year, third-year starter at Syracuse, you need to show me that you are not predetermining where the ball is going. You need to be a football IQ. You need to be a full progressions guy that is going to find me an open receiver, not a predetermined outcome. I get there are option ones and throw it to option one when it works, when it's there. But we cannot get back into the especially late season habit that you started to see where it's predetermined. We know the ball is going to a ronde or we're going to take a sack, or we're going to run. You have to be able to get through progressions because there are some options for you at receiver. And we're still looking to see who makes the biggest jumps, who's going to step up the most. But I like Damian Alford a lot. And it seems like from reports, from videos, from conversations I'm hearing, he's really stepped it up and looks like a premier option this year uh, out wide and Syracuse's best option out wide. I like Isaiah Jones coming back from injury, right? We had a small sample size before he went down last season, but I like what he has to offer, right? You have options and there are other names and who will step up. We don't really know yet. Hatcher, Adams, uh, Trevor Pena, maybe if, you know, we had some spurts where, where he was getting some looks last season, uh, right? Who else is, is, is going to step up? Who else is going to be an option for you? We don't necessarily know. But the options need to be looked through. And I'm not saying don't give Aranda Gadsden the ball the most. 
He deserves to have the ball the most. He's in ESPN's top 100 college football players right now. It's a big deal. Congrats to Aranda. Aranda should get the ball the most, without question. But it cannot be forced. Because defenses, especially when you get out of the non-conference slate and into the gauntlet of Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, they will exploit the living daylights out of your predetermined decisions. Their coaching staffs, their coordinators, their personnel, their players are a high enough caliber where they know exactly what you are going to do if you get predictable. And that cannot happen. That is where I think that in the deep ball, that is where we can see Garrett Schrader elevate his game the most in 2023. Let's talk a little bit about our friend Aranda. Uh, talking, uh, Mike McAllister put out an article, I believe yesterday, discussing nine, I believe, takeaways from preseason camp this week or so far. I forget the exact wordage. One of them was some new ways that they're using Aranda. And we already talk about it, right? We had Max Chadwick from PFF on a week or two ago talking about, you know, it's 17% of his snaps are at the true um, tight end position. You got most of his snaps are in the slot. And even more so than the tight end spot, uh, he's actually having more snaps out wide. So he is lining up everywhere. True tight end, in the slot, out wide, wherever you need him. The discussion from, from McAllister and some of the things that we're seeing there has to do with using him a little bit out of the backfield as a man in motion. And if you go back to the Sterling Gilbert days, um, that was my biggest issue. And this was before I was on the pod, so you would have had to know me personally at this point in time, or tune into the double overtime back when I was on uh, the WAER Sports Airwaves at Syracuse doing post-game coverage, pre-game coverage, things of that nature. There's never a man in motion. And, and the benefits of a man in motion cannot uh, be truly valued in terms of info that you can get about opposing defenses. You can get info on, on zones, on reads, on uh, options that players have and, and where, you know, a linebacker is going to go. And that info, if you are Garrett Schrader, if you are that receiver, then drives the route. And that is what I expect Jason Beck to do. And it seems like by putting Aronde Gadsden in motion pretty often and being able to even hand him the ball off occasionally or run out for a screen they were talking about in this article, I think that is getting into exactly what I just said Syracuse needs to uh, be able to do. And it is remain unpredictable and have options. And being able to put a man in motion gives you options because you are getting bits of info, little tidbits that just give you a slight leg up, right? They're, they're peeking their hand a little bit. If you play poker, one of the common tells uh, that is always talked about in, in videos from the likes of Daniel Negreanu and all the poker greats is when the flop comes out and someone looks at their chips, it probably means they like what they see and they want to put money into the pot. That is the info that you're getting from a man in motion, from putting a Rondé uh, in the backfield and, and moving people around and sending people from left to right and moving from the slot uh, to a tight end spot, whatever it might be. You're getting those little tidbits. And it seems like Aranda, who is drawing most likely 
the most attention from every opposing defense that Syracuse will face this season in terms of the receivers and backs. Putting a Ronde in motion is going to tell you a ton about the coverage in that given play. And I like that that's what Syracuse is doing. Let's close up today talking a little bit about the offensive line uh, because that is, as we've talked about uh, for years, years we have talked about this. It is the reason, in my mind, why Tommy DeVito left uh, and couldn't find success in Syracuse. Could he have found success with the O-line that Eric Dungy had the year prior? Maybe. Who knows? We will never know. How about Tommy DeVito taking Giants reps, though? They got to throw that out there. Always funny to see that. I can't believe it. Good for him. Um, but wow. The O-line, we've talked about it. Had some losses, right, without question. Matt Bergeron to the NFL, Dakota Davis gone, Carlos Vettorello gone, both to graduation. If three starters depart, not faulting anyone, right, that's not an issue in terms of the program or departure, I'm just saying gone, right? You got to replace three starters. You keep both of your starting guards, Kalan Ellis, Chris Bleich. Kalan on the left, Bleich on the right. The rest sort of seems like, yes, it's up for grabs, but maybe we, we have some insight into this squad with uh, Enrique Cruz, theoretically, as your left tackle. I like Enrique Cruz. I like the, the Cruz tail or the Sarah Cruz tailgate. Uh, back when I used to host uh, an old show called the Ostrom Avenue Podcast with WAER, we had Enrique on. Fun guy, really nice dude. Um, enjoyed talking to him and have enjoyed everything I've seen from him. I think this is his time at the left tackle spot. At the center, I go to Josh Aloa. I don't know. There is some other stuff. John Ray Reed, maybe. I don't know. I would assume Aloa is the guy at center to start. Uh, I haven't seen anything otherwise just yet. Right tackle, it seems like Joe Moore, transfer from Richmond, uh, is the front runner, but David Wallaba could be in the mix. Uh, some other guys, I mean, there's some Juco action in there. There are some other returners coming in, um, not on the tackle spot as much, but at the guard, Jacob Bradford's a name to look out for. Uh, there, there are some people that, that, that could be in the mix here. Mark Petrie, maybe, I don't know. I, I would assume it goes Cruz from left to right, Cruz, Ellis, Iloa, Bleich, and more, but there are very much options for people to slot in. Uh, as we continue to close in on our first two deeps and continue to close in on the first Syracuse football game of the season, which is what? I'm going to count right now. One, two, nine, plus another seven, 16 days away from week one of Syracuse football. It's getting there. It's almost there. I will say I still have concerns. Right. This is a unit that, yes, has some experience, has some returners uh, and, and the guys that are slotting in are not unexperienced, They're not putting a true freshman in there by any means. They've got guys with with experience and good run and decent reps and meaningful reps in most cases. But right now, you got to see this team mesh. You got to see this unit come together. I've heard concerns about the interior uh, at, at camp and my, Mike McAllister mentioned maybe some interior struggles a little bit recently at preseason camp. So you look at 
you know, those relationships, you look at that bonding, you look at that camaraderie, that, you know, consistency and understanding. Uh, when you look at how Ellis, Elo, and Bleich are, are working together and, and in and out, and it's something that will continue to, to be looked at preseason in the remaining weeks. Week one, it'll be looked at. Week two, it'll be looked at, so on and so forth, right? This is uh, something that you really are revisiting every week uh, just to keep things on tune. Uh, O-line, very, very frequent injuries. Syracuse got out pretty scot-free last year in terms of the O-line. A uh, couple small injuries, but nothing really too crazy, uh, fortunately. So we'll see what happens. We will not be done talking about Steve Farmer, the new OC, or the new uh, offensive lines coach for Syracuse. Uh, and what he's got going on uh, in the trenches, protecting the likes of Schrader, opening up holes for a running back committee, if you will, and hopefully driving Syracuse to wins. That'll do it for your Lockdown Syracuse Thursday episode. I'll be back tomorrow for your Friday episode, most likely, as I mentioned. No Monday episode. I'll be in Vegas uh, having some fun, closing out the summer, getting ready to return to Syracuse football, school, everything else. Uh, that'll do it for me. I'm Owen Valentine, the Lockdown Syracuse. Thank you for making us your first listen today and every day. Free and available wherever you get podcasts, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, be kind, make somebody smile, be a good human being for crying out loud. I'm Owen. See you tomorrow. Peace.